All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 407, welcome back. Thursday edition, the Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440 Live on Oilers Nation YouTube, coming to you from the Canadian Ice House, baby, your place to uh, watch the game today and uh, tonight also. Uh, watch, hey, think about this. You come down today, you can enter into the draw. Maybe you'll get the golden ticket. And that means you could be winning a trip for two to any NFL home opener next year. Your choice. You got to go to your favorite team. Maybe you want to go to the Super Bowl champs home opener. Wherever you want to just maybe just want to go to Tampa because it's nice out. You get to pick anyone you want. So uh, get down here to the Canadian Ice House tonight. Uh, Brandon Douglas uh, will be here for the 49ers and the Seahawks game. And of course, uh, right now it's the Cowboys and the Commanders. The Cowboys leading 20 to 10 at the half. Uh, we're going to get to, uh, uh, usually we do Ryan's rant, but uh, all uh, TR, if you're wondering where TR is today, all his power's gone out. <laughs> he's got no power, so he's not on the show. So uh, uh, I'll be doing Ryan's rant for him. Brought to you by Action Electrical. Uh, whether you want res- residential solar or commercial solar, they have it all. And remember, there's up to $40,000 10-year interest-free loan from the Canadian government and also 5600 in grant-free money. Right now, actionelectrical.net, they can uh, show you how to do it. Uh, I do want to talk about the green and gold today. And to me, they're an example of an organization that was once very proud uh, organization, uh, was phenomenal, right? They were successful on the field. They were successful off the field. They, uh, you know, they, they made money all the time. Uh, they also were, uh, were very competitive, right, year after year. There was no doubt that they were going to they were going to feel the competitive team. 
But really, since 2006, this organization has been on a steady downcline. Look at it. 2006, 7, 8, 9. Look how bad they were. Right? Then, they, then they hired Eric Tillman. That was a disaster. The Ricky Ray trade. One of the worst trades in CFL history. History. Now, eventually he gets let go. Ed Hervey takes over. What's the first thing he does? He acquires Mike Riley. Good trade. Then he made lots of other signings. Chris Jones, good head coach. Chris Jones, when he's the head coach and the D.C., you're good. When he's the head coach and the GM, it's not good. Look at his track record in Saskatchewan. Look at his track record now in Edmonton. It's not good when he does all jobs. He can't do all the jobs. So now the green and gold are sitting here. They're in a position where they're going to look at their ownership structure. They're basically admitting what they do now isn't working. It's it's not sustainable. So they're going to have to change. It's either going to be a single owner, it's going to be a, uh, a, a small ownership group, or they're even considering, you know what, uh, you have public shares and you put it out there to the public and can, people can buy their shares. Now, the, the challenge with that is, to me, when I look at some of the things that have gone wrong lately for the green and gold, from people that I talk that are much more into the organization than I am, Ever since they kind of creaked open the door to have the board have more say, it's been a gong show. Right? It's been a gong show. You, you, you Don't try to sugarcoat it. The Elks are looking like the orders were in the decade of darkness. Okay? And that's what happens. When you don't have good, strong leadership at the top, it just funnels down. Right? We've seen it for the orders. You've seen it now for the green and gold. I firmly believe, without question, the best way... For the Elks to become a viable franchise again, because I strongly believe there's lots of fans in town that want to go and support a competitive, well-run football club. I have no doubt in my mind. There's a strong football community here. They need a single owner or a small ownership group if they're going to be successful. That's it. I don't know who that owner is. I don't believe it's going to be the OEG, and that's fine. But uh, there's lots of other people in town who, who have the finances and the wherewithal to own the team. And they need to find the people who care enough about the community that they're willing, unfortunately, to lose some money early on. Because that's, that's the truth, right? Now, there's lots of business people will tell you, hey, I can buy a business. And knowing... That it might lose early, but I believe I can bring it to becoming successful. There's lots of people that have done that. And I think you get the right owners in place, you can bring the Look at BC. And BC had never had for the longest time. They didn't have the history that the Green and Gold have had. The Green and Gold have a long history of great fans, competitive teams, right? Their facilities are still top-notch. That's the advantage they have. Right? Their facilities are top-notch. Now, there are some things you can do in, in, in-house, in I believe, to make it more affordable for families. Because that's what you have to do. The Stingers are a great example. Smaller scale, but they're a great example. People went there. They made it. The game was part of it, but they made it good entertainment. And it was fun, and people liked it. Now, it obviously helps with the rule change in the last four minutes in the CEBL. But $5 beers. Right? You had cheap food. Right? That, and I know that you say, well, Greg, you can't do that on a bigger scale. Why? Atlanta does it in the NFL. You have to take and think about how are we going to get more people here? What can we do? And you, you can't just, well, we're going to keep dwindling our crowd, so we're going to increase our food prices because that will cover it off. 
That doesn't work. Right? It doesn't work at all. And, and I'm telling you, the only time in four year, the only four-year span where this organization was successful on and off the field was when Hervey was their GM. Now, Ed Hervey made some mistakes, no doubt. But you don't hold – well, did he make more good decisions than bad? Yeah. And I think he would probably function better with a single owner. But Ed would be the first one to tell you now, if he had him on the show today, that he learned some things. He made some mistakes, no question. You bring in Ed Hervey, I would, I'd have no problem if Chris Jones, because Ed Hervey knew how to control Chris Jones. Chris Jones' biggest issue is he tries to control everything. He's not good at it. He's not. His GM track record is proven. And people, unfortunately, try to give him credit for building the 2015 team, which wasn't true. He didn't build it. He coached it. Hervey built it. He brought in the players. He set the level of accountability. Because when Ed Hervey came to the, to the Elks organization... He was the one who learned about what it took to win as an organization and what their culture was. Right? He played. They won. Then he saw how it got dismantled. Then he was able to bring it back. Then they got rid of him. Now, did was, was Ed, the mistake he made, might have thinking, well, hey, I'm irreplaceable. Trust me, no one is. Everybody's replaceable. But if I was the owner, to me, that would be the number one move I would make. And I would go to Chris Jones and say, hey, man, we're going to bring him. You guys have worked together before. And if Chris Jones truly cared about anybody other than himself, if he truly cared about the organization, he would know he's better as a coach in D.C. than he is as a head coach, a GM, and a D.C. Because the proof's in the pudding. Right? The proof is in the pudding. Single ownership. Bring back Kirby and the Elks. That'll be the steps if they want to get back to credibility. Because there's not a lot of other GMs out there in the CFL. They're going to come in with a track record. And experience of doing it. Right? He's being the assistant GM in Hamilton. He's still in the league. He knows what's going on. It makes sense. Hey, guys, Rhodes firing Hervey was brutal. It was a bad decision. There is no question about it in my mind. It was a bad decision. And when you make continually bad decisions, and look at the orders, right? I don't want to transition this into the orders all the time, but I will. Look at the orders organization. Where they're at today. And and you can... Um, you can pinpoint a few things. Number one, I think you got to go all the way back to uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins' rookie season. Who are the veterans that Ryan Nugent Hopkins got to learn from? Because to me, they t- even the Oiler players talked about how important Mike Smith was to their team because he was vocal. And oh, by the way, Mike Smith on the ice combined 21, 22 seasons had the seventh best save percentage. So stop with this bunk that the Oilers didn't have decent goaltending. Yeah, Mike Smith wasn't an Mike Smith wasn't Vasilevsky, right? They had bad team defense, right? We all know that. So you had Mike Smith, good leader, but you also had Duncan Keith, and the player. There's a guy who came in, and you don't have to rant and rave, but Duncan Keith had three Stanley Cups. He's won Olympic gold medals, right? He talked. In a way that the other guy, you had, if you didn't respect him, then the bigger issue was on you. But Ryan Nugent Hopkins never had any forward to really learn the game from. Neither did Connor McDavid. And people will say, well, McDavid doesn't need to learn the game. I think him and Drysaddle need to learn the defensive game a little bit better. Right? So that's something that has lacked for a long time. You had it for a bit with Keith and, and Smith, but they didn't replace him. And I think the error that Ken Holland made. 
was that now they brought in Ekholm, so maybe they thought, okay, Ekholm could be our Keith. Maybe. But you need more than one guy. And I don't think there's a strong enough voice right now in that room. That's just my own impression. Because I don't feel there's a voice. And the owner's best players, they're their best players. I don't debate on that. But it doesn't mean that they can't be more aware defensively. And when they're more aware defensively, they're not going to give up as many goals. It's that simple. Right? Connor McDavid is minus five at five on five this year. It's not good enough. Right? It's not good enough. Just isn't. So the organization, they have to look right now. And their problem is they're right in the thick of it. The Elks, they're at the bottom. Sometimes it's easier if you're like, hey, you know what? We can have another year of pain. Right? As long as Trey Ford's our quarterback, he's exciting. Fans will see that at least there's progress. The orders are right in the middle of it. They're supposed to be good, and they're not. That's the challenge, right? But I've talked to the players, and at least publicly their answer, oh, no, we hold each other accountable. I just, I'm not seeing it. That's all. I don't see how they're holding each other accountable. So, because the proof to me is in the games. And when you break down the goals against, they're too easy. They're far too easy. We'll talk about winning to a guy who just won a championship. He's won a few. I'm going to talk about the importance of how players can set the standard because I think it's very important to do. That's coming up next on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live and Owners Nation YouTube presented by PlayAlberta.ca live at the Canadian Ice House. Welcome back on a lovely Thursday afternoon. The Jason Greger Show live from the Canadian Ice House. Uh, Brandon Douglas is here. He'll be here uh, all night tonight uh, hosting Thursday night football. Come down, see the B-Man, and hey, you enter into the drop, you could be going to a season opener of your choice, home opener of your choice next year, the NFL, courtesy of the uh, Ice House. Uh, also, they got unbelievable specials. I might have to be trying a few of these uh, tonight here before... Uh, the show's over, and hey, if you stop in, come say hello. Uh, you know what? I'll uh, get you a beer because I know it's been it's been a tough week. So uh, you know, when you get off work here in the next bit, stop in the Ice House on 104th Ave. And uh, even if you can't get here before uh, we are out, uh, stop in. Brando will be here uh, all night. He said he would even buy you a beer. So uh, there you go. Uh, you'll have it uh, covered for you tonight. And of course, uh, maybe you'll be watching the Seahawks and the uh, 49ers. I haven't heard much from Brad today about his uh, Seahawks. Maybe a little worried, eh, Bradley? A little worried that the uh, 49ers might uh, take it to him. We'll see. Uh, Cowboys leading 20-10 to 10 at the half. Also, Dolly Parton is a treasure. That's all I have to say. Dolly Parton is 77 years young. She was like the halftime show today for the Dallas Cowboys. And she comes out in a cheerleader outfit and uh, in typical Dolly passion, uh, fashion. She looks fantastic. She is the standard. And, and I don't know how many people know about how much Dolly Parton donates to so many charities, so many underprivileged people. And how, like, we're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars that she has raised and donated for, uh, for people in her community. She is one of the most beloved figures and just, just a fantastic human being. The fact, 77, she's still out there performing. Good for her. It's, uh, it's inspiring. you got to stay in shape, baby. Stay in shape. Doesn't matter your age. How many people would be comfortable enough to walk out in a crowd of 105,000 people and on national TV at 77 wearing the cheerleader outfit and absolutely kill it? Good for her. 
good for her. That's uh, she's. I got to get the back in the gym. Oh my goodness, that's all I know after watching that. That's all I know. We got a lot of text to uh, to get to. Uh, Almondo Sewell is going to uh, join us uh, uh, momentarily. Hey, guys, uh, why is Nurse not wearing a helmet in warm-up? I thought the orders made it mandatory after Taylor Hall from uh, Doug. Uh, no, that was very temporary and short-lived. And, like, dude, that's like 10 years ago. Um, Nurse, Kane, um, Cassian, you know, Larson. There's been lots of guys that don't wear it. You know, it was an unlucky break for, for Darnell Nurse. But let's be honest, that had zero to do with the game last night. Right? Zero. In, in why the order's lost. So uh, I know like people are trying to say, oh, that's bad leadership. Why? You never mentioned it until today. It can't magically be bad leadership. Is Evander Kane a bad leader because he doesn't wear one? Guys don't wear one. It's a choice. So I don't I don't equate that to um, to bad leadership at all. So and Gregor Cates has owned a team through the whole decade of darkness. Do you think, uh, so the Elks, are they automatically going to be better? Look at the orders. It hasn't helped them. Well, you know what, Darren? There's uh, there's some validity to what you said. He's overseen a lot of it. And it's funny. There, there are people who wonder, like, can you be, like, when you're the owner of, a, of any business, I don't care what the business is, if you're not engaged every day, like you got to hire unbelievable people, because when they don't own it, you can try to create a culture where they care as much, and I think they do care, but I think it's different. So, I think there's been some mistakes under Daryl Kane's reign, Cates's uh, reign, no question, no question in my mind. There's been some big mistakes, right? I, I think it's obvious that right now, the the organization is trying to build a situation where they can re-sign Connor McDavid. That's obvious. They have two and a half years until his contract is done. And obviously this, well, two, I should say two and three quarter years, because we're not even at the uh, at the, the quarter mark of this season. The first 18 games, awful. We all know that. Right? Now, you have a bad year. Doesn't mean that next year or the year after can't be good. Look at Vegas. Vegas missed the playoffs and then won the Stanley Cup after being to the conference finals in three of the previous four years, right? Like there, no one ever said that winning was easy and that it's a guaranteed consistency to do it, right? It's hard. And the Edmonton orders have made some bad decisions and it's come back to, it's come back to bite them this year for sure. There's no question about it. They, they brought back the exact same defense and goaltending and it, and it hasn't worked. Right? It hasn't worked. So, um, But I, the one thing that I think has been underlined all the time is culture of your team. And uh, we're going to talk about a guy who has now won a Grey Cup with two different organizations. He's been uh, a pretty significant contributor in both of them as we get to our big guest of the day, brought to you by Silent Rides Charter Company, one of Alberta's premier bus charter companies, taking you or your group to your next destination Book your ride today at silentrides.ca. A member of the 2023 Grey Cup champion, Montreal Alouettes, Amando Sewell, joins us once again. Amando, welcome back to the show, my man. How you doing? 
I'm doing good. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, how was the parade? Parade was absolutely crazy. <laughs> they really love their football over here on this side of the country. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a while since you've been involved in a parade, so you, pro- you know, I don't know if you ever forget uh, what it's like. But man, it must have been good for you to get back on the winning side of the Grey Cup. Oh, of course, man. It started off a little bump, but you know how Coach Moss is. He's going to get us right back on the right track. You know what, uh, AJ? How different has was Moss? Because he talked a lot about how he, you know, he's matured and he feels he's made some changes as a coach. As a player, was there anything significantly different you noticed in him as a coach this time around? Uh, he's a lot. He's, he's a little. He's a lot more personable now. You know, he tells you exactly. He still tells you exactly how he feels. That won't change. But. For the most part, you know, he's not throwing the headsets anymore, but, you know, and he's just like, he's very in detail now, I think a lot more now than when he was when he was in Edmonton. Okay. Over. Well, that's just experience, I would think. I just, you know, like players, they get better. Coaches are going to get better too. Uh, Amanda, mm-hmm. we, we've been talking a lot about, you know, holding players accountable. Coaches can do it, but I think most of the accountability in pro sports comes from the teammates themselves. Would you agree, or do you think that the coaches create more of the uh, the standard than the players do? Oh, no. You, the, the coaches will, will yell all they want to yell, you know, um, get blue in the face all they want to get blue in the face, but you still need those locker room guys where, like, you know, you have to be able to set those leaders in place where, you know, man, you got to – those guys are always going to be around them, let them know, you know, especially for the young guys. You know, if you're not hurting yourself, you're hurting the team as well, you know. So it's just like one of those things where, like, you, I believe – I'm a big believer in, like, locker room leaders, you know. So when you have those guys, can you, can you maybe describe how a locker room leader holds his teammates accountable in a way that makes the team better? As far as, like, you know, I'll, I'll start off with, say, uh, penalties, for example, right? Or, yeah. like, every time there's a significant penalty, I'll use the football as an example. Every time there's a significant penalty, um, CFL, they throw up all these statistics every single year. The, usually the team that does a penalty that's on defense or whatnot, um, it's like a 75% chance of them scoring on that drive, you know? So it's just like these big, like, you know, PIs, you know, unnecessary roughness. Those are the ones that hurt you. Not necessarily the offsides, but, you know, like the huge impact penalties. And, you know, like as like a, as like a locker room leader, you, mean, you gotta let them, you have to almost preach this every single day, like, like, we got to minimize the penalties because that's going to hurt us, and it is proven true, you know. But, you know, it's also nice when you play with a bunch of guys, like especially over here that, they, you know, these young guys, they listen. So it wasn't as difficult this year. Amondo Sewell joins us. Like, and that's a simple example, right? It's just like, hey, guys. You, so let's say you have Amondo, a guy who's taken too many penalties. What's the leader do to, uh, to curb that? Oh no, we always got a fine system in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pay you have to pay up for something. <laughs> Do you find that is is that like that's kind of a simple way to get it to work? Oh yeah, it's always it always works that way. You know, it's, I mean it's all for fun and games, but and day, you know, like you ultimately is hurting the team, you know, that's and then to most part, you know, once that guy keeps doing the same thing over and over, you know, at some point the coach has got to step in and you, you just gotta go. <laughs> Yeah. So that was my next question was, so if you have guys who, who, 
if you don't have one of your leaders set a standard for that, right? Let's say, Elmano, you're the leader and you're at, okay, guys, we're not taking penalties, but you keep taking penalties. It's probably easier for the other guy to say, well, he's taking them. I don't have, I'm like, why do I have to not take penalty? Right? So yeah. you need your, your, your core leaders, what your locker room leaders in most cases are probably your better players. Is that fair on most teams you being like your biggest contributors in a lot of cases can be your locker room leaders and it goes hand in hand? Oh, absolutely. You know, if you're an impact guy, you're an impact guy. Like, we had a, we had a couple of young guys real this year who they who they ultimately became leaders through their play and through their style of playing. And just, you know, they don't take penalties. Every once in a while, they get a penalty. But same thing because of sports. You're, you're going you're gonna to mess up at yeah. some point. You know, you're going to get a penalty if you play enough snaps. So, you know, but it's the ones that don't. It's the ones that are, like, consistently not having penalties in the game. They're just, like, always just, you know, level-headed. They do the right things, you know? Like, those guys are the guys that, you know, usually people look up to. Armando Sewell uh, joins us. Uh, who are some of those young guys for you, Armando, that, that really stepped up and, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe have surprised you is, is the wrong word or not, but guys who are stepped up and, and became, uh, you know, huge contributors and huge leaders on your team that maybe you didn't expect? Uh, Stubberfield. I'll use him as an example. You know, he young guy came in the camp. He got cut. He only played nine games, but he didn't look like he only played nine games. But guy, young guy, man, he just came out there and he balled out, you know. Or, you know, your Tyrese Beverly, he's been in the league for a long time now, a little while now, actually. And um, Wesley Sutton, you know, team captain, team leader this year, only in his, what, third year into the league. Let's go back to the Grey Cup game. It was, you know, it was classic. You've been in a few of them. You know what? Uh, they're all really excited when you're playing it. Man, there's very few duds when it comes to the, to the Grey Cup game. But uh, this is one, you know what? Uh, Winnipeg obviously has been a really good team for many years. And, you know, you guys, um, you know, was it kind of spare parts that all came together and, and it worked very well. When they stuffed your team, Elmondo, uh, you know, the three, uh, you being a defensive guy, you're probably like, oh my, because usually that's a huge momentum boost, right? How was your team able your team able to overcome it what was said at the locker room when you could have been really down after what happened absolutely nothing we sat there we all doing that we had we had to do a better job of getting that ball in there and i i went around and i looked at the whole line and i was like man that's on us right there we got to push these guys off the ball because i'm in on those plays as well too and you know it happened so fast but you know we gotta get a better push but at the same time too like that's what people don't didn't understand though you know one of those coaches where you're going to work every single day you're in practice. We're going to run 75, 85 plays of practice, rain, snow, sleep, except for lighting. We're going out there. We're practicing. We're going to run plays, run plays, run plays. So at the end of the day, you know, at some point, if you're a worker, it's going to, everything's going to work out. And that's always a message that's been, like, preached in the locker room since the season started. Like, we're going to work. <laughs> Amano Sewell joins us. Amano, you've been in the league now over a decade, man, and um, you're really showing no signs of, signs of slowing down. Obviously, you've, you've always been a, a huge uh, guy in the offseason working. I know you, you still uh, reside in Edmonton. Um, yeah. what, what's the motivation for you? What keeps you going, and, and how are you able to, to be such a big contributor uh, even this later into your career? I always take good care of my body. You know, I'm always, you know, working out, always being a student in the game, you know, so one of those things right now where like I've been playing for so long <laughs> I mean eventually it has to come to an end and you know like ultimately you know I would, I would like to come home but it's not really up to me at this moment I'm still on the contract but we'll see 
So you'd like to play in Edmonton again before you end your career? Is that safe to say? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, it is home for you. And you, you look at that organization, where it was and kind of where they are now. And, um, you know, I, I think, like, people used to take for granted, they call it the Eskimo way, you call it the Elks way, I don't care what you call it. But, you know, it was there. And, it, like, having been part of it, what, what do you feel? How, how did it go awry? What, 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 what went wrong to kind of lose that double E way? And, uh, man, so there's probably a bunch of things that probably went wrong. Cause I, cause I was one of the last guys out of that old group that was there, and you know when you're leaving, you know the, you know changes that happens, you know, but that's pro sport though, you know sometimes you know some things happen so fast we get rid of so many guys all at once, you're gonna get them to teach the younger guys exactly what that culture was about, you know, in Edmonton, and ultimately is that you're there to win, that's it, and you know maybe a lost sign of that. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I remember you were, um, you know, I've always appreciated because you, you know, you're very honest. Uh, you, you don't speak out very often, and uh, but um, you know, you you had talked about, you know, hey, you could tell if if a team has a quarterback who isn't committed, and uh, mm-hmm. and you said that you know that was the case in Edmonton, and then you left. Um, Cody Fajardo, when he came in, what made you know that he was committed right off the hop? Oh man, Cody's a worker. He's a worker. He's not. He's gonna come in there. He's gonna grind it out with the boys. It was the same thing, same process in Edmonton when Mike Riley was there. Hey, it doesn't take very long for you to figure out who your leaders really are. You know, he's gonna come in there. He's gonna be working every day. Cody's at the facilities every morning at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. He doesn't leave until about seven at night. You know, you need dedicated guys like that. Same thing when you know Mike Riley was there too as well. Guys there every single day and they air early, leave late. You're the quarterback. You're the captain of the ship. So, you know, when you see guys like that doing things like that, you know, it, it forces other guys to, you know, come in, do what they got to do, and everything else fall in place. Now, uh, being in Montreal for the for the last while for you, um, it's a wonderful city for sure. I know mm-hmm. it's not home for you, but it's a wonderful city. What what has been the favorite restaurant that you've eaten in Montreal? Favorite restaurant? I gotta say, um, Pub Saint Pierre. It's right there in Old Port. Yeah. Um, the owner, Vaughn, good, great guy. You know, they take real good care of you when you're down there. So it's a little bit of everything they have in there. And, like, what, what's the best dish? If, if I'm going there, what should I order? Uh, the pad thai is pretty great. Ooh, pad thai. All right. Um, has there ever been talk about um, would you like to get the Grey Cup for a day? You know, the, the Stanley Cup in the NHL, they have it. Every player gets it for a day, kind of has his day with the cup. Uh, is that a tradition they should start in the CFL? Oh, of course, but I mean, I know, yeah, but, you know, I know that it'll be in Edmonton eventually at some point <laughs> this year. I mean, Coach Moss lives there. Dole Thorpe lives there. I live there. Justin Lawrence lives there. Um, Jeshwan Antoine lives down there in uh, Calgary and also the Jake. And Jake, so it'll be there for at least the two, three weeks. So are you going to have, like, a Grey Cup party then uh, in Edmonton at some point uh, with your friends? Not, not, not sure, but I'll, have, I'll be driving around with it. I'm going to stop down there, though. I know where you guys at. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah you, hey, you know what? We'll make a deal. Yeah, you come. You bring it by the new Sports 1440 uh, studio. I'd like to see it. So that'll be – I can't remember the last time I saw the Grey Cup up close, buddy. So that'll be great. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Well, congratulations, uh, Almano. It's always good to catch up with you. Uh, and enjoy the celebrations. You guys, you had the parade. Is, is the party still ongoing? Do you guys have a few more team parties? What's happening? 
Uh, I think the last one is tonight. A couple of guys are going out, but I'm I'm staying in tonight. I'm going ahead. I'm flying back to Edmonton early in the morning. Ah, okay, so veteran no, move. Don't, yeah, you don't want to miss your flight. Veteran move, Elmondo. Veteran move. All right, man. Thanks for this. Uh, we'll see you soon. All right, see you. There you go. Elmondo. See, well, he is a good dude. He's still the strongest human being I've ever met. In my like personally, in my life, I've never met a stronger person than Elmondo Sewell. You go to the gym with him, and it's like ridiculous. Like when you see guys, like obviously, you know, pro- professional athletes, a lot of the guys are really big and strong. But then there's Elmondo Sewell, and he makes other guys, like when he can just push weights around like nothing, and they can't move it. Like you got big, hulking defensive linemen, and he's in there and just, you know, shoving around 600 pounds like it's not, they can't even budget. Like, he is a strong human being. And I love it. See what he said about the leadership. Your coach can yell all you want. Everybody's like, oh, it's on the coach to do it. The coach, why? How? The coach doesn't play the game. The leader's got to set the standard. It's a very simple thing like penalties. This is their standard in football. Well, in the NHL, right, um, obviously power plays aren't leading to that high. Hey, you take three power plays, we'd have to look at games and everything like that. What's your percentage of losing? But there's certain, you have to play this way in our own zone. If we give up easy goals too often, and mistakes are one thing. Mistakes are one thing. They're going to happen. But the order is, it's a repeat over and over. And what did he say? If guys keep doing it, then eventually the coach has got to step in. That was, I think, the one issue that Woodcroft did is he didn't step in. And so Chris Knobloch, it sucks. He's inherited it. But he said 10 games it would be his team. Well, that 10 games is coming up pretty quick. And at that point, then he's going to have to be the guy who sets the standard uh, as far as the discipline of taking away ice time. He can't set the standard in the room, but he can remind players of what it is. So to me, the coach sits in, okay, guys, you tell me what your standard is, then I'll hold you accountable to it with ice time. You should hold each other accountable to it yourselves, but I'm the one who will take away ice time. Players don't take away ice time. They're going to, hey, coach, sit down, Bobby. They don't ever do that. But that's what's got to happen here. Otherwise, it's never changing. Okay, And that's that has not happened when was the last time you can remember a key player on the Edmonton Orders after multiple errors ever even missing two shifts? Can you think of one? I can't. And so when you've tried everything else, that's what you got to try. We'll come back. We've got five questions and more on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 live on Orders Nation YouTube, live from the Canadian Brew House. Stop in. You got the. Uh, Commanders taking on the uh, Cowboys right now and later on tonight, 49ers and the Seahawks. And uh, your chance to see any team you want next year for their home opener. You can win that prize here at the Canadian Ice House. 449, welcome back. Thursday afternoon. Jason Greger Show and Sports 1440 live and Orders Nation YouTube. We're coming to you from the Canadian Ice House. It's nice to be back out doing the show a little bit uh, live on location again, which is uh, just quite fun. And uh, you know what? As it uh, starts to fill up, people are uh, getting off work. So come in, uh, say hello. Uh, Douglas is uh, sitting over there. Uh, the deck man here uh, is doing push-ups in between commercial breaks. Uh, a little bit better shape than old Cons. I don't see you doing the uh, the... Uh, the the break routine that old Declan uh, Kruger's doing. You might you might have to to get on the uh, the push up routine. Well, what we do in the darkness comes to light in the day, right? Is that the saying? Uh, I don't have to be seen doing my push up routine. I I get it done when no one's watching. <laughs> 
camera hasn't been showing me. Uh, I've been, been crushing it over here. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's good to know. I, like I don't have that. the arms of Declan. You know, he's he's still a young kid. He's he's not married yet, Craig. I was told when I get married, I can take it easy a little bit on that. Oh, no, that's funny. Did you see Dolly Parton at half? She, she doesn't live by that. <laughs> kidding me 77 years old she's out there kicking like kung fu she's got the cheerleaders outfit on it was amazing i'll give her. dolly credit she's living good she is living oh, good she is uh, obviously uh, stays very healthy which is important uh healthy you look better when you're healthy that's just a fact for sure uh let's get to five questions now brought to you by the brick and canada's best black friday starts tomorrow at 7 a.m people uh, you get in line, uh, you can win uh, gift cards. Uh, also, uh, they're going to have a uh, free coffee there, free local delivery for the first three hours. But the brick opening up at 7 a.m. for all of you diehards. And they're going to have some unbelievable sales. You can get mattresses starting at 149 bucks, pillows at 12 bucks, big screen TVs, and much, much more on great deals at the brick. <laughs> It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, Greger, question number one, very simple. Did the Oilers make a mistake firing Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson? Ah, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't know if mistake is the right word because that would be suggesting that, that the replacements are, have made them worse. I think the same issues that were here under Woodcroft and, and Manson are still here. Because those are, I think, they're deep-rooted, ingrained in your leadership core group, your main guys, because they're the ones who play the most. And it has to change. Yeah, I mean, I, I said on uh, some shows that I, the quickest way, I think, to spark the team, give them that little boost, is to make the firing. Uh, but it, it really all depends where you go from there and who you hire. So I guess it, for me, it's a still-wait-and-see type approach to it. But, I mean, we haven't seen it yet, Craig, or we haven't seen ma- major improvements. So... Uh, it's still up in the air, in my opinion. Uh, question number two. Well, just They're very hard-hitting questions today. Will the Oilers make the playoffs? Oh, gosh. Like I said, they would at the start of the year. Like, I think everybody around the league. There was not one person who picked the Oilers to miss the playoffs this year. So, um, it's not a homer pick. Everybody had them making the playoffs. God, the way they're playing right now, I can't see it. Um, I hope I'm wrong. But they're, they're going to need they're gonna need an intervention. Um, you know, we have some fans text and say, hey, maybe the fans got to do it like the Phillies do. Just give them a round of standing ovation when they come on the ice uh, to, to rather than have them think negatively. So, I don't know, fans, do whatever you can. But I'm saying not right now, Con, not the way they're playing. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think so. And if there was some sort of encouraging signs with this team, like things they were doing, playing a little bit better defensively, maybe I'd have some optimism. But right now, I, I don't think they're a playoff team, which is going to be an extreme disappointment for people in this town. Uh, who starts in net for the Oilers tomorrow and they take on the Capitals, if it's your decision? Oh, it's it's not even a decision. It's the easiest decision. It's Stuart Skinner. Um, I'm sorry, but Calvin Pickard is is not uh, a guy that I would be playing uh, starting two out of three games and, and basically playing, uh, what would that be, 160 of the last 180 minutes? No chance. Yeah, with you that one. I want to see him, uh, Skinner bounce back uh, after last night's game getting pulled. Question number four, uh, we had a little talk about the Elks and the future with their ownership going private. Would you be in favor of that happening, taking it away from being that community-owned franchise? 
Yeah, I think like anything, you, you want the right owner in place. I, I think somebody who's going to, to look at purchasing the Elks would, would be somebody, I think, who really understands and cares about the community. I know there's lots of people in this town who definitely have the finances to own the team. Now, do they have the passion to want to own the team? Because I'll tell you, like, any, any successful business person, because to me it's not like you're buying the Elks for like a ha-ha fun time, right? You, you, you want them to be successful. And you need to be passionate about it. And then you need to hire people that are passionate about it and make smart decisions. So, yes, I would be in favor. I think it's uh, the current model isn't working. And I don't think, I, I don't know if you can change how the current model runs to get back to being successful. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm with you on that one as well. I think change would be good in this situation. And, you know, if you, the board, may, maybe it would make things a little bit more efficient. They could make some changes, do things that way. I'm all for it now to see who it could be and what could happen. I, I think the organization needs a reset, and this would be a way to do so, assuming it is a good quality owner. Final question for you, Gregor. Uh, since it is American Thanksgiving, a day that I love, and I, I'm sure you and everyone out there loves it because we get football all day, uh, if you could adopt anything from the United States that we don't have here in Canada, what would it be? You go first. Well, Thanksgiving is the obvious one for me. Uh, the one thing I would, though, is uh, their variety when it comes to certain restaurants and foods and drinks. Like I've said it before, I'm a big fan of Mountain Dew Code Red. Uh, Brad Slater was going to go down to Seattle. He asked if I wanted anything. That's all I said. Just a nice bottle of Mountain Dew Code Red. Uh, but some of their restaurants, and I know we're getting better here. We're starting to have, you know, Fat Burger. Five Guys, Carl's Jr., all those sorts of places start to kind of make their way into Canada. But uh, just just the establishments that they have down there, big In-N-Out fan. So if, if we could get something like that up here, I think that, that would be pretty cool. Dude, you're going to eat that like five times a year. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah. But it would be good. Oh, sure. Um, I would love Canada to have more competition in the cellular plan data space. Our prices are disgusting compared to many other places in the world, specifically in North America. So, yes, competition in the cellular data plan. Please thank you as quick as possible. That's a good one. That would be wonderful. And you know what? It impacts everybody because it's something that the vast majority of people have, and it's become ridiculous on what the cost is compared to what people pay just south of the border. Don't they have really good flights in like oh, yes. city to city, I like that very as well. Good one. Yes. Now their population's ten times more, so that probably has a part to do with it, right? Um, so that plays a small factor, but yes, our uh, I saw the report the other day that said uh, Canada's two uh, airlines uh, unfortunately led the way in longest delays. So not great, not great. So. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There we go. Hey, guys. Carries uh, had mentioned if the Elks go private, they may not play at Commonwealth and move to a smaller venue. Miss the rest of the show. Is that actually a consideration? Where would they play? Harvey. Uh, no, I don't. I don't say. Where's Where's the other location? I'm gonna play in Clark Park, right? There, there's no other facility remotely close. I think maybe you misheard him talking about the fact that Rick Lawlisher in their conversation had mentioned that uh, you know they would like a newer facility. But even Rick, when we had him on the show, admitted that that's you know that's well down the road. That's not top of mind right now, right? Winnipeg got a new facility. Saskatchewan had a new facility sure so they're saying hey maybe edmonton could get one down the road the calgary would love one and uh, calgary's facilities like the commonwealth stadium is a gem compared to mcmahon like it's not even close so no they would play there there's there's no other place a professional football team in edmonton could play because when they're run properly there'll be twenty-five thousand fans minimum and a lot of times they'll be up to 35 right so that's what you'd like so i don't see uh I don't see that uh, uh, happening. Uh, one other uh, uh, quick one. Hey, guys, uh, listen to your opening monologue. It's bang on. You should just save your voice and replay this day after game, every day after the game. It's beyond a joke of the players say the same thing after every game with absolutely no improvement on the ice. Same lazy bonehead plays every game. Listening to Nuge last night post game was depressing. Love the show from Mark. And, Mark, the one thing I will agree with you wholeheartedly, well, first of all, thanks for the text is yes um at at some point can you claim some it's it's almost like this group never ever wants to offend anybody and they're always like we believe in our group 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 we care we want to play good defense well if you want to why aren't you okay why aren't you because the decisions you're making these are things that are easily fixable it's very simple to shoulder check and pick up the late guy coming in. Like, we're not talking, like, if the owners are getting beat on bang-bang plays and you're like, oh, my goodness, they're just not skilled enough? Well, then you'd live with it. We've seen teams that weren't skilled enough in this town. Lots of them. The owners have enough skill to win. Maybe not win the Stanley Cup, but they definitely have enough skill to be a playoff team. Are you kidding me? It's a joke where they're at. Like, let's be honest. Look at their unmitigated joke where they're at in the standings. They're not playing up to their capabilities. They don't have to be the best team in the league. But, my God, the Edmonton Orders, you're telling me they're the 30th most talented team in the league? Give me a break. There's no chance. But they refuse so far this season to have any sort of accountability within their dressing room. I'm sorry, because actions speak louder than words. The same glaring errors are made different players all the time. Irresponsible puck management at the key parts of the ice. Trying to make a fancy play that leads to an odd man rush from the from when you're in the offensive blue line. How many of those chances do the orders get? Uh, how about hardly any? Because other teams don't do it. But the orders do. 
Why do the Oilers do? Why do the Oilers continually be the they're the second worst team in the NHL and giving up shots in the slot? That's not the goalie's fault. Okay, we know the goalies need to be better, no question. But it's not the goalie's fault that the Oilers give up the second most slot shots. The only team worse, the San Jose Sharks, is the only team worse in the standings. So figure it out, players. Stop making excuses for yourself. Step up, grab some accountability, and say we are not good enough. We're not playing up to our potential. Because yeah, we're not good enough. It's actually false. They're better than they're, they're better than what they are if they choose to. Right now, though, they're deserving of the record. There's two separate things here. Do they have more skill? Yes. Than their record shows? Sure. But their record is very accurate portrayal of how they have played this season. That's on the players. Now, management, could they, did they make some mistakes? 100%. But even though getting rid of Costin and Bukestad, that doesn't make the... By the way, Bukestad only played the last 20 games of the year. Not even, right? So are you telling me that, oh, and Clem Costin, who played nine minutes a night, that losing them means the rest of their team is now going to make all these defensive bad mistakes? Oh, geez, Clem Costin's not here. I'm not going to shoulder check. Oh, Clem Costin's not here. I'm going to try a fancy dancy play in the offensive zone. Oh, Clem Costin's not here. I'm going to lose a board battle. Why? That doesn't relate to me at all. So the players need to look in the mirror and admit they're not playing up to their potential and start as Elmondo Sewell said, locker room leaders. He's a huge believer in them. Well, this is where the locker room leaders might have to have a little bit more tough love to their teammates. Because trust me, think about your best friend. When your best friend is suddenly going down the wrong path, do you just let him or her keep going or do you stand, hey, maybe have an uncomfortable conversation with them? Good friends have the uncomfortable conversation. It's time the orders have a few of them. Let's get to the comment. Sports 1440 update. It is the Gregor Show live at the Canadian Ice House. Come in, say hi, Hunter Fourth Ave, just across from uh, Rogers. Got all sorts of great specials and more as we get to Connor. Sports 1440 update presented by Edmonton Kubota. The snow is coming. We know it. It'll hold off, but eventually it's coming. So don't wait till the last minute, then you're stressed out. You don't have any snow removal equipment, and more importantly, you don't have the right accessories, and now you're stressed. Remove the stress, plan ahead, edmontonkubota.com.